We affirm that the Christian Nationalist Project entails national recognition of essential Christian orthodoxy, see Article 2, as a Christian consensus under Jesus Christ, the Supreme Lord and King of all creation, and the establishment of the general equity of the Ten Commandments as the foundational law of the nation. We affirm the responsibility of civil authorities to protect the soul, not to convert the soul. And that sounds a little bit like Charlie Brown's teacher all of a sudden, right? Wah, 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 wah. We'll explain all that in just a second on the Faith Bay. Thanks for spending part of your day with us here. I'm Troy Skinner. You can find me online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's householdoffaithinchrist.com. There you can connect with my social media and everything else. Daniel Rasby, he's got a website. Well, he and his family, they have an organization called Conquered by Love Ministries online at conqueredbylove.org. Daniel's one of the pastors at the church that meets at Imran's house. And uh, David Forsey, he's on the panel again. Cannot chase him away. I don't care how offensive I act. He keeps coming back for more. Uh, David Forsey, good friend and one of the pastors in the area as well. All of us are pastors of house churches. We, we're working together and trying to build and grow a, a network of house churches that work together. And we've got a number of us that, that do some things together and provide some oversight for each other and that sort of thing. If you're interested to learn more or if you're part of a house church and you'd like to maybe connect and see if you can you know, join us in some of what we do, just reach out to me. Easiest thing to do, again, go to my website. You can find my email and my contact information at householdoffaithinchrist.com. So I start today's show uh, reading uh, the beginning part of Article 11, which is the big picture agenda. And I just did that kind of in the, the interest of time. But in the interest of time, we got cut off really last week's show. We need more time on this show, darn it. Article 10, which was on, on nationalism and policy priorities. And there's a lot to be said there because they jump right into a whole bunch of issues. And Dan, you were saying that one of the problems is that they jump right into a whole bunch of issues, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they didn't provide, what did you say, they didn't provide a foundation for it or they, something? Well, they, they provided a basic foundation and they skipped a step, right? They said the government should do godly things. And then they said, therefore, the government should do these things. But they didn't explain why these things are godly things. And I, I think any Christian reading this is going to know, oh, yeah, these are the godly things. But if they're dry, trying to market this to a broad audience, they may want to do the extra additional step and say, hey, the Bible teaches that abortion is wrong and, uh, you know, gay marriage is wrong and all those things. And therefore, the government should. So uh, that's all. But I, I don't necessarily disagree with what they're talking about. Um, you know, formally, the government should acknowledge the worship of Christ. Sure. Great. Declare solemn days of humility and repentance. I'm not really sure what where that comes from. I haven't heard a lot of calls for that specifically. Um, the Bible does command certain solemn days of, uh, uh, of repentance, like Yom Kippur, for example. That's a solemn day of humility and repentance. Well, yeah. Um, I, so, But I don't think... Because the people that are generally these Christian nationalists generally are not like really strong Old Testament supposedly ceremonial law followers, so they're probably not saying we should all just celebrate Yom Kippur now. I might say that, but you're not going to say it. I, yeah, I, I think what they're getting at here is that to, you know, you don't just acknowledge the lordship of Christ and say, okay, what do we do from here on? But it, they're sort of here is this idea you failed him and so we need to rep- repent yeah and, and 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 specifically to say okay like take the time to say what is it that we right. need to repent that of. would be something if you saw biden and mcconnell as you said last week go, go around in sackcloth and ashes that'd be, that'd be definitely <laughs> something you know that christ was doing some kind of work there yeah if they were walking around like that i would think they were a uh, united states senator from pennsylvania <laughs> <laughs> who shall remain nameless. Uh-huh. Uh, 
It'd be uh, it'd be a new dress code for the Senate for yeah, a time. Yeah. Sackcloth and ashes yeah, for a week. There you go. <laughs> um, a couple of things that just stood out to me a little bit. I, I, it's more of a playful. We were talking, uh, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before, about how they they're, they're purposely using. Um, biblical language where they can. They're avoiding. They haven't mentioned like racism, right? They they didn't mention kidnapping. You know, they're they're talking about um, you know some sort of partiality, ethnic partiality, or or man stealing. They're using different kinds of languages. So I appreciate. And I couldn't help but notice the in in uh, the affirmation for Article Ten. They talk about each nation's thriving, which is a good word. But it's not unusual in certain circles to hear, instead of the word thriving, to hear the word flourishing. And I just can't help but imagine that they purposely avoided the word flourishing because <laughs> that has become a buzzword. It's a good word, too. Unfortunately, too many of the bad actors within American Christianity have centered a lot of their arguments on this whole human flourishing word, and it, be, and it became a negative. It's almost like, oh, somebody who uses the word flourishing too often is suspect. So I, I wonder I, if they purposely avoided using it there. I have not heard anyway. that word being used by any of these. So a lot of the Tim Keller types, uh, okay. you know, really big on mm -hmm. using the flourishing word. Anyway. I, I, I would say also, even on the ethnic partiality thing, like, yes and no, right? So... The idea of what people, when people think the word racist in, in American parlance, what that means to generally is actually an ungodly thing, right? Mm -hmm. But God actually does show ethnic partiality all throughout scripture. He ethnically prefers the Jews, right? He's, these are God's chosen people. So there's, and there's plenty of example when it says the nations and even, even in, um, even in uh, uh, the Great Commission where it says go preach to the nations, it's, it's the ethnos, like the ethnic groups, right? Not necessarily specifically country borders. Because Rome ruled a whole empire filled with a lot of different ethnic peoples, but individual communities were very ethnocentric. And I don't know that y you can uh, say that, there, that God doesn't notice or doesn't, uh, or, or doesn't want anybody to notice that there are differences in ethnic groups and cultures and so on. I mean... If if you're a Christian, you've been grafted into Israel, so you're subordinate to the root of Israel, which is uh, any true uh, f uh, follower of, uh, of of God is going to be a follower of Christ in, in Judaism, right? So you you are going to be only in in, in the legitimate tri tribes of Judah or tribes of uh, Israel. But that is still you know we're part of Israel, but there's other nations as well, and and it's to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. So I, I don't know. They, yeah. I, I, so that go ahead. that I think is a different conversation that Maybe. we that we could have at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, especially just thinking. Okay, well, there's also now neither Jew nor Greek, right, in Christ. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we we'd have to we'd have to sift through all that together and and, yeah. uh, and, and talk and, about and that. And even in the Old One, Testament, there are other ethnic groups, there are individuals that we know of that uh, were not Jewish in... Right, but they joined in And they joined in Israel. and they became part of Israel. Right. Right, and then, yeah. so, and, anyway, yeah, there's a totally and then, separate And, and then when, when, you know, God's people, as the Jews in the Old Testament, disobey him, he then very much unprefers them. Uh, as far true. as right, and not <laughs> through, all Israel is Israel, Israel. Right. right? So, uh, but all, all that being said, uh, be a good show. Um, yeah, they they do put in here. It says we deny that sinful ethnic partiality has any place. That's true. And so, That's so, so, they, they, so they leave open the possibility that there may be a non-sinful ethnic partiality. Right. 
And I think probably in their minds they're talk, they're thinking about the Jewish people, the the people of Israel. When they think uh, well, they, and they might just be thinking about um, you know like nation like there other nations in the world that are not United States may actually be very ethnocentric. Yeah, and you know, and and that might be a part of their uh, their identity as yeah. a nation. What makes them actually a nation? Yeah, and that's part of one of the questions they had about this. And first of all, what's it mean to safeguard prosperity? And and what they try to mean by that is only they they say it right here in the statement. It's only for the United States. But why why if this is a godly biblical righteous no, thing then no, why would every nation no it, I, I why think, it's only I the think USA you're, I think you're mis misreading it but I, I don't think that's a that's um, I think it's to be expected because this whole paragraph seems rather hastily written there's several typos there's several grammar issues in the paragraph um, I mean there and, and so I can point them out but this it's easier if, if you can see it you're on the radio you can't hear it. Um, but in that that sentence, it says nations possess the uh, the right to establish justice and safeguard the peace and prosperity of their own citizens. So all nations have that, and they're saying, but we who are signing the statement live in the United States, so we don't have control over China and Uganda and Australia. So we we have control. If any control we have is over the United States, so here's our short-term priorities for our own country. I think that's what they're trying to say. It's, yeah, each country is going to have their own their own short term priorities. I yeah. mean, it's, the, their it's a, their their own sins that they need to repent yeah. of. Isn't isn't Uganda the, the or, or or Kenya? I think it was Uganda that just passed a law banning homosexuality, right? So that wouldn't be one of their short term priorities. They already did that, so they have other short term priorities to bring in more. Right. So that that's all. But other than democracy building, these seem like they're generic, right? All the things that they're saying that we, in the context of the good old USA are specifically calling our nation, not other nations, our nation, to have laws that formally acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. So they don't want other nations to do that? To declare solemn days of community repentance, okay. abolish abortion, define marriages between a man and a woman, de-weaponize uh, the government against uh, you know Christ targeting Christians, to get rid of censorship and persecution because of being a Christian, to secure the borders, to, to defend against foreign invasion. Like, which item on this list would they not have other You're nations do? You're missing the point. They're not saying that it doesn't apply to other nations. They say, the first sentence says, all nations need to do godly things. Then it says, in our nation specifically, because when we're talking, we live in the United States, so what can we do here? Here's some things we can do specifically here to further that. They're not even addressing what other nations can or shouldn't, or, or should or shouldn't do. Because the laws of other nations are, are very but widely I guess, I'm, 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 that probably is their point, but then why wouldn't that sentence say, we affirm that the specific short-term priorities of Christian nationalism is to call whatever nation you live into in her laws to formally, like, why are they sectioning all these things state? on the list? They don't apply to all nations. Like some nations already do some of these things. There are countries where gay marriage is illegal. There are countries when, where abortion is illegal. There are, so there, and there are, are several African countries specifically that formally do acknowledge the Lordship of Christ in their state constitutions. So, a lot of these things are actually in there, so they would have mm. different short-term priorities. Yeah, I, I, Not every country is as woke as America is. I'm, I'm generally speaking on these sorts of sweeping declarations that are supposed to be for the church. When they but it's get, not for the church. This they, is for the church, the citizens of the church who live in America. That's what this statement is for. Okay, well, it says it's the statement on Christian nationalism and the gospel. That doesn't say specifically the United States. I don't know. It feels too parochial to me, but you disagree. That's fine. 
Uh, I'm probably wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever we disagree, of course, you know, I'll be I'll be right. That's and the way they've they've structured the denial on Article 10, it it, it it kind of in my mind almost it's like wow. So has any nation ever been Christian based on what they're denying? <laughs> here? No. Right. So <laughs> anyway, so I started the show today by reading. Um, the first part of Article 11, which, and I stopped at a split point because they split the baby here, which I think weakens their argument. So they have an opening paragraph, and then they have right underneath that opening paragraph, which I already read, says, here's an alternative option for those who affirm legislating only the second table. Of the Ten Commandments. Exactly. That's what they mean did, by that. Did they, so did they, the split, did they split the baby or stretch the tent? Yeah, well... The that's, people who wrote this are clearly in favor of the entire Ten Commandments, right, being part of like this. It. But they're trying to, in my view, split the baby and not stand on their convictions. Do you, should it be both tables of the law or not? Tell me where you stand and argue the point. Trying to go in both directions at once is being of divided mind, and I think it weakens their argument. And I, to be honest... I actually probably would be one who, if I were to agree, would probably take the second option. I'm saying that as somebody who's like, oh, they put something in here that might be for me. And I still don't think they should have done it. I, I, anyway, hmm. so, th so that part that they say on the, uh, the second half of the affirmation says, we affirm that the Christian Nationalist Project entails national recognition of essential Christian orthodoxy, again, referencing Article 2, as a Christian consensus under Jesus Christ, the Supreme Lord, King of all creation, the establishment of the general equity of the second table of the Ten Commandments, laws 5 through 10 for the uninitiated. Uh, as the foundational law of the nation with warnings informing citizens of the consequences of blas—so just warnings of blaspheming of uh, the one true and living God, often resulting in second-table violations, namely the harming of our neighbors' lives and property. And then they have a very short denial. We deny that laws against public blasphemy uh, coerce conversion or hinder religious liberty in private. Hmm. This is probably one of my least favorite parts. We talked about this in the Theonomy discussions and other discussions that we've had. I think mostly Daniel and I were in those discussions. Not going to yeah. relitigate all that right now, but yeah. David, you have any thoughts? Do you even know what I'm alluding to? I have a concern yeah. here about the binding of the conscience of unbelievers placing on them a yoke that they so, could so, never carry because we can't even carry it. Yeah, so one of the things that I, I think is interesting about the first table versus the second table is uh, is honoring parents is on the first table and so uh, you know part of the question is actually, well actually what, no that's, that's number five they're saying one through what, four and then five through ten yeah i'm splitting it like that all right but see and that's the thing the, the bible doesn't actually tell us which which ones are in which table yeah right, right, it doesn't yeah, really yeah. differentiate between the two tables as one being better or worse or more uh, more important than the other it, it, you know, they're all one set of law, and and really it boils down to love God and love your neighbor, as Jesus said, right? This that's the summary. Yeah, of it. I think this is. Uh, I know I'm the bad guy. This article is a mess because they're splitting the baby. You can't do that. God's law is God's law, and everyone is intricately intertwined. With, it's like trying to split the Godhead, right? You can't do it. God's law is God's law. If you violate. Here's law number six. You violated law number one. Here, here's but where I they're think they're all intimately related. Here's where I, I think. Uh, so going back to who has what sphere of authority, right? What 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 gets enforced by 
by what sphere, right? What gets enforced by parental authority? What gets enforced by, uh, you know, Troy, is, as you would like them to include, uh, individual, like, authority, personal authority over oneself, right? And, uh, you know, so then the, and then, and then church authority, civil authority, right? So, so where, I, I think that is worthwhile in when looking at the Ten Commandments and saying, okay, like who, what sphere of authority, you know, is supposed to enforce, you know, or or has enforcement in what area? And so I, I, I like the idea. I lean towards the, you know, a Christian civil uh, government. In, I think enforcing the the things that are particularly uh, have to do with neighbor to neighbor yeah issues. That, that's why I was I was thinking it would be a better way Troy even even the, the way they differentiate I don't think you're going to necessarily agree with five through ten uh, and one through four being the thing I think you would probably agree more with what David was saying that the government should be having the job of of uh, stopping you from harming other people, right? So they should be which is, which any is, laws of which is, God which is that six, have to do with interactions between humans. Which is six through nine. I don't know how they're going to enforce the coveting, <laughs> the coveting <Yeah>. issue. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing, right? Because because even in their example, one even the second set of peop, uh, uh, of uh, of signers are saying, oh well, one through four. And then five through nine. So I guess one through the Sabbath day, I guess, is not. Being... They just lost the argument. I'm sorry. If this was a formal just... debate, they just lost the debate because they just sacrificed the first four commandments. I mean, so if those are negotiable, why aren't the others negotiable? Like they just, they, the, the premise that there's an inconsistency in their argumentation. Yeah, they have this to, is a mess. They, they have, have to, to say, fix this. They got to pick one. Pick one. I don't care which one, but pick it. Or, pick, or, or, <laughs> or explain the reasoning of why they picked only five to ten, right? right. It's not arbitrary. Like David has a reasonable... I don't, and as as you know, I mean, I'm in favor of all of the laws of God being enforced by the civil government, at least the ones commanded in in the Old Testament. But I, what what David's saying actually makes sense. At least it has some logic to it. That hey, whatever is interacting between humans, between each other, that's what the government governs. And if it's between you and God, then that's what you know God's going to do. And and that's you know, and maybe there's a point there to say okay. Maybe you just need to specify what you mean by enforcing all ten of the commandments. What, it, what, what role does the civil government have to play within their sphere of authority in each of those? Right. right? So, if you know. Uh, now they do say, like right after this, I don't think we've read this part yet. We deny that laws against public blasphemy coerce conversion or hinder re- religious liberty in private. Yeah, I so did read it, saying, but I whipped through it, so I'm glad they're you saying, reiterated they're, it. They're, they're saying, hey, look, we understand you're concerned with the blasphemy thing, but we don't think that if there were to be a law against public blasphemy, that that actually is the same thing as the Catholic Church or Muslim congregations just wholesale forcing everybody to become converts to the religion, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of like the reverse of what happened with Daniel. You can pray to God as long as we can't catch you, as long as we don't see you. And he, out of a conviction of wanting to worship the one true God, made sure he was seen. You don't think that a Muslim, a faithful Muslim, is going to go out of their way to be seen worshiping Allah? Well, as as you know. Or that a Buddhist isn't going to be seen publicly trying to uh, 
pay some sort of homage to uh, to a, a Buddhist statue or something, as, as or rub you, his belly? You don't as, think they're going to go out of their way? And as you know, and as we discussed this show before, I think those are two totally different things. The Muslim is actually worshiping God, and, and yeah. he's just not accepting the worship. No, yeah, and that's, Buddha, why, and the Buddha, and that's why you include the second right. set. So uh, you're right, there are going to be people, but so what, right? That, that is that is a law of God that you, you don't have the option to just blatantly blaspheme the, the creator of the universe. You, you can't do that. It should not be allowed in any society. Yeah, It's the fundamental, most foundational law that you could possibly and have. And that's where the, the blending of this Christian nationalist debate and the theonomy debates... Right. And uh, this is the crux of it. They cross-pollinate. This is the crux of it, because yeah. like you said, you can't really split that baby. Either... The, the government is going to enforce God's law, and then in that case, they do have to also enforce blasphemy. And we're assuming Or they should here, not be involved in that at all. Well, then how do they pick which laws to have on the books at all? Right. Murder. And we're, and well, we're wrong. Well, how do you know? Because well, God said it. Oh, well, then why aren't you enforcing the blasphemy? Because God also said that. that. That's the problem, I think, with getting into these discussions. Yeah, I think there's concerns for not only the non-believer uh, being able to live in a society like this and not be stoned to death by Thursday. Um, <laughs> but also even believers who would fail to keep the law because none of us keep the law perfectly. None of us do. Praise God for Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. I mean, that that's the piece that really mm -hmm. troubles me on some of this stuff. But anyway, we've got uh, time to at least read Article 12. We'll see if we have time to have a lot of discussion about it. This one is headed... On the vocation and calling of Christian officials and legislators, we affirm that God extends the rule of Christ in the world by calling to and gifting Christians as his servants on vocation as civil authorities. That, the sentence structure there is kind of odd to me. But anyway, we affirm that citizens are to submit to our civil authorities as unto Christ for his glory and our good. We affirm the need for more whatever that means, I don't know, theologically sound Christians to enter the political realm to proclaim the excellencies of Christ and his law, and then a relatively uh, short denial, we deny any theology which holds that Christian participation in the civil realm is necessarily unwise, unfruitful, sinful, or anything other than a fitting and necessary vocation and calling for Christians. So say goodbye to the pietists. Goodbye. Yeah. But anyway... Um, yeah. It's funny, they said, we affirm the need for more theologically sound Christians to enter the political realm. Um, more more of, the, more people that are theologically sound or uh, people that are more theologically sound than the ones we have now? Uh, they probably say, yes. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's why it's like, more, whatever that's supposed to mean. Yeah. What do they mean? More I, in I, quantity, more in quality? What are they talking about here? I think yeah, yes Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think ultimately they're saying, right, that. Christians are called to participate as well. I think Christians it, it in may civil be government called, as civil authorities. It may be one of the callings for a Christian. That's what I, they're saying. It, it's not that it, all Christians are called. To, no, no, to, no. I, I right. It, it's it's included mm -hmm. in. I, I think they're almost saying like you know Christians. Uh, right. So just like Christians are called to do. You know, are called to farm, right? Are called to, uh, are called to missions. You know, right. are are called to accounting. They're also called to. Well, they got missions politics. in the next article. <laughs> They're going to discuss missions in the next you know, article. So, so, so um, Christians, as you know, as in the body of Christ, like, yeah, we're supposed to be involved in the world in every way. Yeah, if if we come into reading this with particular presuppositions in place, you could find yourself 
agree because this was my experience. I was like, oh, I can agree with that until I read it like a second time or a third time. I was like, wait, my presupposition might have been wrong. Maybe they mean this. And if they mean that, I'm not so sure I agree anymore. And or that's some, the difference between this and several of the other statements we've gone over the last year. Most of them are much more precise than this. Yeah, yeah. They say they start with a whole list. Here's what this word means. This this word means this. This word means okay. Now I'm going to use those words and craft a statement that we can all agree to based on what the, we know these words mean. That's missing from this whole statement on Christian nationalism. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure why that is. I think part of it could be that they didn't have a big committee and a long conference with a bunch of really smart guys get together and argue over the language and make sure they're being as crystal clear. This was a couple of guys, that, uh, my understanding, that wrote it and then ran it past a, a few other guys that they trust and said, what do you guys think? And they tweaked it and made some editing choices. And it just didn't run through the vetting process. Uh, not so much the the worldview that's, I think that they're all in agreement on their worldview, but how to articulate that worldview in a way that would be for mass consumption. I, I'm, I think I'm glad they didn't it. because then we wouldn't be get to Getting to have such good discussion. There, oh, look at that. Looking at the glass half full. David Forsey <laughs> and Daniel Rasby is over there. I don't know. Well, his glass is probably half full, too, anyway. I can't quite see his glass. Mine's always half empty. I'm Troy Skinner. <laughs> you can find me online at householdoffaithinchrist.com, householdoffaithinchrist.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week around the same time. Till then, God bless.